Looking ahead at the 2020 Vikings season, the GMG pregame show. Vikings 2020 season. Looking ahead, this is the GMG pregame show. We'll quickly recap over what happened in the offseason and then look at the schedule. How do you think the team's going to fare? It's Dave here from Good Morning Gallahorn, and I have the Drewster, Drew Bunting, and hey, Oz. what's up, lunatic? Hey, it's been a long time. We are back out of the summer and COVID doldrums. We are moving into our regular season schedule, and for those that don't know, on Climbing the Pocket Network. GMG does your normal pregame show that will be released usually on Saturday mornings to give you all weekend to prepare up into the game. And then after the game, we go live for In the Raw. And this show, this episode, is our first pregame show. However, since we're, we are not going to talk directly about that team from Wisconsin, We'll save that for next week. We'll be talking about the season as a whole. I also want to introduce you, those that don't know, to Rhino, Mr. Ryan Johnson from up in the area, North Dakota, Fargo to be exact. He'll be joining us this season to talk about the Minnesota Vikings. He, along with a few other contributors will be joining us as Ted sits on his tail and sits this one out. We miss you, Ted. We wish you were back, but we understand. Drink one for us, or at least I'll drink one for you, one or the other. We miss, we miss you, Smitty. Come on back and join for a show or two. <laughs> Rhino, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. We're sitting up here. We're like everybody else, just kind of surfing the COVID and... Uh, Got some good news this week, though, that uh, my Bison are actually going to play a football game this fall, so happy about that. Woo-hoo. October 3rd, we got a game. They're going to let 10,000 fans in to see the, see it, so... Against who? Who are you playing? Central Arkansas. Oh, for, they, come on! Come on! Well, nobody else would schedule us. We tried to get Nebraska, and they wouldn't do it. Hot damn cookies every year. I'm sick of the cupcakes, Rhino. So am I, but that's all we can schedule is cupcakes, because they just get the money, you know, it's... Did you end up winning it last year? Did the Bison win it all again? Unde- undefeated and won it, yep. Oh, man, that, that is one impressive football team. And you've got <laughs> Eight a, of the last nine years. And you've got a quarterback over on the Bison that's worth watching, right? Yep, they're, the uh, consensus around the country right now is he's either number two or number three off the board behind. Uh, what? Yep, he's between him and Fields for the number two or number three quarterback off the board. Trevor Lawrence will go first, of course, but then it's either. Is he either, better than uh, Easton Stick? Oh yeah, he's he's better. He in my mind, in my mind, he's better than uh, Carson Wentz. Wow. He's a, lot, he's a lot better athlete than Wentz is. 
So he could be on the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Minnesota Vikings chart for quarterbacks next year on their punch list. Absolutely. I mean, the guy had between passing and running last year had 42 touchdowns and zero interceptions. I heard they're going to go from that guy from uh, YMBU, that seventh round player that, that's playing for YMBU. You seen him? Yeah, he's uh, John Schnuckelstein. Yeah, he's got some talent there. Yeah, YMBU, your mama's basement universe. Your mama's basement (laughs) universe. Is that what you call Iowa? (laughs) That's who we're getting. All right. um, Let's get into some Vikings, baby. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, let's start off with our very own Kirk Cousins, who was in the news this week uh, on a month-old podcast that came up and he was talking COVID. And then, of course, today he went in front of the cameras again and explained that it was his faith that caused him to say that. But what I found interesting in his conversation today is, or the one from a month ago, is he says, in the locker room, there's about half the guys that don't really care, and then about another half that are afraid of their shadows when it comes to COVID. Obviously, this is the COVID season. Uh, We've got COVID that's hit the country, as everybody knows. You weren't born under a rock yesterday. And... It's going to be interesting. But so far, the NFL has, I think they only have one person on their COVID IR list right now, and that's it across the whole league. And you're talking, for each team, you're talking well over 200 personnel when you consider team rosters, staff, and everybody that's associated with the team that deals with it. That's a lot of people, and they are doing outstanding. How well do you think the NFL is doing so far? Because all the strip clubs are closed. <laughs> that could be one reason. Well, I, I, I mean, I think so, so far, I mean, you really can't complain. You know, they had that deal a week or so ago, whatever it was, where they had those 70 false positive tests that kind of threw everybody into a... Uh, 77 little, total. A little bit, little bit of a crisis mode there. But honestly, it was probably a good thing that that happened now before the season starts. Because if it happened during the season, you'd be screwing up a ton of teams for no reason whatsoever. Right. And they've already figured out if that happens again, they will instantly retest everybody and they'll get those results back that day and uh, be ready to go for a Sunday game. We only had one guy opt out, right? Yes. Yeah. Pierce was the only guy. Yep. Michael Pierce, our free agent acquisition to replace Limbaugh Joseph opted out. And he did for medical reasons because he has asthma, and I can understand that. Right. Sure, I wish it would have been the fifth fifth string tight end or something. <laughs> <laughs> kind of needed a- Pierce this year, but uh, all the teams are going to be dealing with this problem. But they, they right now they seem to have a pretty good handle on it league wise, which is good. Uh, keeping the keeping the yeah. infections down. We'll have to see if it carries into the season because, as you know, they are not doing the bubble thing. So it's a little bit tougher than the what hockey and, and basketball are fate. Plus, they have bigger rosters than hockey and basketball. Oh yeah, you're so. dealing with a lot more people right. now. It sounds it sounds like they sat everybody down, Dave, and had a, uh, more than one meeting with all the players and the personnel to say, "This is how you got to act when you leave this place." So. Right, and they have, and they stress it every day. And the NFL's mm-hmm. plans is basically the traveling team will travel. They'll travel in isolation. They'll go to their hotels. It'll be in isolation. Food and stuff will be delivered to them. They'll go to the game, play the game. They'll fly back in isolation, and they they won't interact. 
Now, that's the start. That's when everything gets going. After that, what point does some young player, you know, want to go out and celebrate and it, you know, goes to gets bad or like we'll see or like that that nba guy a month ago or whatever that skipped out of the the bubble to go pick up buffalo wings at the strip club or whatever (laughs) well there was one earlier in the preseason i i I forget the guy's name but wasn't wouldn't he play for the heat or something like that or well i don't know about the nba but there was one that played for the seahawks a young rookie tried to sneak in his girlfriend yeah, dressed as girlfriend in Seahawks gear and tried to say she was part of the team. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And you know what? They fired I don't him see the, the problem day. with that. Going to get the wings—that's a problem. <laughs> sneaking, in, sneaking in a bunny? Come on, uh-huh. dude, give the guy a break. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's all good now, but when it starts rolling along, um, and I said this in a post that I think we all agree on this. This is going to be all the head coaches and their staffs, not even the staff, the medical people, everybody in the franchise. Yeah, this is going to be a test here. It's going to be a test for everybody. Everybody, absolutely. See, you know, see who can come out of this. You know, hopefully they all will. Many problems. But yeah, getting, it, getting back to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is our obvious starter. He is a top ten ish quarterback in the league. He was better than top ten last year in his best season. Hopefully that should improve. We did lose Stefan Diggs. But we gained Justin Jefferson, a young rookie. However, it looks like Justin Jefferson will be number wide receiver three, at least to start behind BC Johnson. So, what kind of season do you see Cousins having? He's, you know, third year here. He's got to be more comfortable. So, I think he'll have a season similar to last year. <clears throat> that would be my guess, numbers wise. Hope you know, probably you know, thirty-five, thirty-seven hundred yards. 25, 30 touchdowns, and hopefully under 10 picks, I would hope. I was thinking a little over 4,000 yards, 4,250, somewhere. Well, I'd be okay with that, too. But but I don't don't see a significant fall-off, even with Justin Jefferson, and because I expect Irv Smith to step up and snag some more of those catches, as well as B.C. Johnson. And, of course, if Adam Thielen stays healthy, Adam Thielen will dominate and get the majority of everything. Yeah, if they're if they're sitting and waiting on Irv Smith again, I'm going to – I'm sorry, I'm going to have some rippage posts because it's, it's time to unleash him a little more. You can't – you know, I understand what they've done with Irv Smith up to this point, but you got to start using him more. Now it's time. Yeah, I expect a Absolutely. breakout year from him, so – well, that's what I'm saying. If we get to week eight and he has seven catches, I'm not going to be happy. No, and he had almost, I think it was one fewer catches than uh, um, Rudy last year. We have a of course, we, we, we didn't use Rudolph like we should have last year, too, up until, you know, toward the end of the year. Well, and I think Rudy's going to be the safety Blake in the red zone, and I think you're going to see Irv Smith more between the 20s. You know, you can win with Cousins if you build the right system around him. You can win with him. I mean, yes, I've talked about his flaws. You've talked about his flaws. We've ripped him. But, you know, he might not be the best quarterback in the league, but he's certainly not the worst either. Oh, he's, so, very, he's very, very talented. He you can, give him time. That, you know, the thing with Kirk Cousins is is he's a great play-action quarterback. I think you got to really go to his strengths. you got to some of those play action, you know, he play action roll out and he hit digs on those long seams and get touchdowns like he did against the Broncos. You gotta, you gotta do that. 
I don't yeah. want to see the Vikings get a first down at the team's 17-yard line and start running it up the middle. I think they need to let let it go a little bit more. I mean, Kirk Cousins proved last year he can limit his interceptions. He worked on that, and he limited it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I, you know, it, it's weird. We had, a, we had a discussion about this last year with Ted, and when you get down in the red zone, you run the ball three times, and everybody boos Cousins off the field. He's not calling those plays, guys. Those are the plays right. that are sent. Yell at Stefanski. He's the one sending in the fucking things. So I think you need to take the gloves off him a little bit and use him more in the play action. Uh, is there a better play action quarterback in the league besides maybe Russell Wilson? I mean, no, no, I, I believe Kirk P. is right. Kirk's right up there. No, I believe Kirk so P. Those are probably P. the top two, right? I would say I mean, so. Yeah. Let's use him to the strengths that he does. Let's use him. You know. And I know. Can win with cousins. I know you guys don't like PFF, but PFF ranked him the number one play action quarterback in the league last year. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, now you know you know how Drew and I feel about PFF. <laughs> I know that's why I stuck it. Um, no, at least we got at least we got cousins coming back. I mean, I know he catches a lot of heat. He does for me too, but. You know what? In that Saints playoff game, he came out in overtime and never gave the Saints the ball back. Right. That guy yep. was fucking money. Yes. And I think deep down, if you pulled Kirk Cousins aside and had a beer with him at his house during a barbecue, I think he'd say, you know what, Dave and Rhino and Drew, I want to play like that all the time, like I played in that overtime. That's how I want to be all the time. And he can't, for some reason, he hasn't done it in his career, but I know he right. wants to play like that consistently he wants to play like that because the next week in San Francisco it kind of fell apart again. But I don't know. We I think we can win with Cousins. I'm just worried about the offensive line, and I'll let you guys segue right into that. Well, hopefully yeah. Cousins stays healthy. He has his entire career, that, and if he stays healthy this year, thing, we're all right. That's what scares me is if, if Cousins goes down for – get either gets hurt because – Then your boy he, goes in there. Your boy Sean Mannion. You love him. Manwich time. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have much of a shot without Cousins, so hopefully he can stay upright. But yes, Drew, like you said, one of the keys is the offensive line. Oh, please tell me what's going on with the O line. You guys have been keeping really close tabs on that this week. Tell me, give me a starting (laughs) offensive line. Uh, Here's where we need to key the uh, musical chairs music. (laughs) Because <laughs> it's been crazy. Uh, uh, Early, yeah, I, I, okay. Now, are, are we official that that Reef is staying, or is he moving staying. to Cleveland or New Zealand or wherever? Staying. The <laughs> staying. I believe Reef is staying, and I believe I believe they're going to use him at left tackle as of right now, but. Yeah, I, yes. I heard he's. They're moving him to fullback, but okay, yeah. You guys can run me down the whole offensive lines. I'll jot it down. Look, always have my notes. You guys don't have notes, do you? I've got my notebook. I fucking told you brand, to be prepared for this. Brand new oh! one for this season. Oh, you got a new one? Yeah, because Man, last season, every single page is filled with Vikings notes. That is, what do they say? Dope. That's good. Um. So give me the. I'm going to write all the um, uh, Dave Stefano picks down, and then the Rhino Johnson picks down for the entire offensive line. Uh, that's Dave, and then we'll do Ryan right here. Left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. 
then we'll revisit these next week for our pregame show. All right. Well, I guess, or I guess the way it looks to me, now that Reef is staying, he'll be a left tackle. Right. Left left guard, against my better judgment, is Dakota Dozier, which, yeah, I'm about as excited to that as that as a root canal. But um, Bradbury center, right, right. guard's elf line, and O'Neal is right tackle. Is that what you got, Dave? Pretty close? Yes, that's exactly what I have, and I don't like okay. it. Okay. What don't you like? What do you want to change there? I think Dozier's going to kill us. Elfline hopefully gets a step better. Elfline's a great run blocker. He was top 10 run blocker, but he was <clears> next it's to the, the pass bottom blocking pass blocking that killed him. Hopefully on the right side, he's better. Hopefully, what, two years, two seasons, full seasons out. This will be his third from the injury. He's better. It's just, it's it's disappointing. We went into the camps hoping Drew Samia, who, you know, has attitude, would take that right guard spot. Uh, we're left guard. We didn't know who exactly is written on Daily Norseman. Assembly would have been nice if we had him there, but no. And then we drafted Ezra Cleveland, who's been a personal disappointment because I wanted him out at tackle. For some reason, the Vikings think he should play the left guard, but he can't get past Dozier or uh, um, Avian Collins. Collins, who've been battling for it. Neither Neither. one of them has stood out in camp. It's like, who's the best of the worst? And it's to me, it's sad. Um, I expect Bradbury to take a next step, but he's going to have a lot of work to do because he's going to have to beef up both his sides, both Elfline on the right and Dozier on the left. Hopefully that won't happen. And then, of course, we have Riley Reef at left tackle, who's an adequate left tackle. He was, you know, at the beginning of the week, we learned that the Vikings, in a shrewd move, told him, you're going to take a pay cut and restructure or we're cutting you. And he told everybody, so, I'm going to see you. And then at the last minute, he, after his agent called around saying, hey, anybody want to trade for him, pick up his $11 million salary, they laughed and said no. He took the pay cut, which is estimated to be somewhere between 4 and $5 million total for the season, and he's back there. So what you're telling me is we are going into 2020 with the same offensive line questions we had when Teddy was here going into those seasons. Yes. Yeah. And, and we, just, it, why is it the same question every year? Why? That's a good question. Well, part of part of it is, you know, and I, and I touched on this, you know, on the page earlier this week. I think part of the problem is you've got you're playing musical chairs with all these guys. Oh, we're going to play this guy over here, and over, no, no, we're going to switch everything around, go the other way again. You don't put you. It, it's not like a de, you know part of the defense is like Zimmer likes to move his guys around on defense. When you play on the offensive line you're going to be better at one position than another one. You know, a left tackle can't, or a right tackle can't always play left tackle guards back and forth, so on and so forth, you know, and some can, some that's can't. The, pro- the problem with, you know, and I get kind of understand what they're doing. They're trying to find the five best players and put them on the field, but it may not be the five best players at those positions. You know, somebody who's a good right guard is going to, might be a, crappy left guard or vice versa or you know center playing guard and all this that and everything else 
And sounds sketchy you know, to me, man. I mean, well, I, understand, and, and, and I understand what you're saying, but and how many offensive the, line coaches have we gone through? What this is one of those things that one a year, pretty much. You know, I think this is the first year under Zimmer. I think that we've had the same offensive line coach for two, two years, years in a row. row. And, it, but, and it's you know, just—it's one of those things. Why, since Zimmer took over in 2014, why hasn't this been locked down? Why is there so much change? It's a great on question. this one yeah. set of positions on the O line. Why can't they get? You know, when he came in, he thought he had a good O line, and on paper he did. And then suddenly the injuries start and everything else starts, and then it goes all to hell. And then by 2016, it just got blown up completely due to injuries. And and it's never been solidified in any of the years. Now, they played well enough, obviously, like 2017, to get to the playoffs and last year to get to the playoffs. But there's never been a really good line or really good even people staying there for a while. We like O'Neal. Brian O'Neill, I think, is going to be an outstanding right tackle. I think they tipped their hand when they moved him over to left tackle. That may happen again next year. We don't know. I thought that's what Ezra Cleveland was for, but, hey, what do I know? Um, and he's an outstanding right tackle. He may be top five right tackle this season. But why can't they <clears throat> fix this? This, this to me... The trenches, right? You always hear you win the games in the trenches. Mike Zimmer has had Andre Patterson on the defensive side running that defensive line since day one, and it's been outstanding, right? But on that offensive side, either he or whoever he's taking advice from, they can't seem to lock it down for more than a season, you know, to get the right personnel, right personnel, right blocking, right run game coordinating, whatever, to do it. And I don't understand why. That's his Achilles heel. Well, I, th- I think part of it might be, you know, the defense is Zimmer's baby. We all know that. That's no, right. There's no secret in there. And, you know, the offense, I think, is in Zimmer's mind is kind of an afterthought. But, you know, and with what we've got right now, I mean, the way Cousins plays, I'm not as concerned about, the tackles right now because you know if you get pressure off one side he can play action roll out you know and kind of take care of it. it's when that pressure comes up the middle and the pocket collapses on him that he has the problems and he's he a, ends up falling over and curling up in the fetal position as the pocket he's tackles a pocket quarterback he's a he pocket. is if, if you the offensive line you just named reef dozier bradbury elf line o'neill I wouldn't be at least bit worried if we had Russell Wilson running around back there. It wouldn't bother me. No. All you have to do is have a marginal offensive line. I am happy with what Mike Zimmer has done since 2014 with the defense. That guy oh, has done the best six, best six year stretch anybody can have as a coach in that amount of time. I think he's been top 10 every year he's been here. He, he knows the defense. Every guy he gets back there, he. He sets it up with the safeties and the corners. He runs his scheme. And certainly some people may have blueprinted what he's doing, but he adapts and he changes it. He's down three or four starters in that Saints playoff game on the defensive side. We're all expecting the worst, and the Vikings win the game. Mike Zimmer is a defensive genius, and I give him five gold stars. Offensively, I think he's lost offensively. And I think he's been relying on other people to figure it out. And it's unfair. It has to be that unbalanced, but – 
he's leaning on people that have been letting him down. And I'm not saying, you know, that's an excuse for Zimmer, but he hired D Filippo. That was a waste. And I think, I think I kind of expect Dennison and Kubiak to have built even in two years, a little bit better line than what's going on right now. And I think they're responsible for that. I mean, that Zimmer turned it over to them. All right, I'll bring you guys in, build the offensive. Look what the Colts have done with mm-hmm. Ryan Kelly, Quentin, Quentin Nelson, and that kid from Auburn, Brandon Smith. They worked yeah. all those guys in one draft. I mean, you can do it. You can find guys. Um, and I wish it's too bad that Zimmer didn't have the success on the offensive side as he would on the defensive side because it would be – I love the way he, he runs the defense. Even the guy, and, and you know what? People say, well, Drew, there's a, there is a difference between addressing the offensive line and ignoring it. When you get a guy like Elf Line, you expect that to be set. You do. And when it, when it doesn't work out, it's not, I mean, he still didn't, he hasn't worked out, but you didn't, it wasn't for lack of trying to make it work. So I understand the difference that they have made efforts to make it better. When you get a guy and he doesn't work out, it makes it look like you're not addressing it. Mm-hmm. So, Which that that falls back more on the scouting department and Spielman than it really it does Zimmer and particularly company. with the guards. Yeah, uh, with oh, forgetting his name, the Oklahoma guy Drew Samia. Samia. Drew, Drew Samia. I mean that's that that's not looking good right now, man. That is not. Well, that's and, like and, a, and, and, and I don't understand why because he was so good in college, and that whole Oklahoma line was great in college. Um, well, and that, and that's all we heard coming up to the start of camp was, you know, he we, everybody was penciling him in at one of the guard spots to start, right? You know, and I we all I don't know what happened. He's starting. I mean, what is he on a four-year developmental program? Well, look and, at O'Neal. O'Neal was in there like the fourth week he was a rookie. And, well, yeah, but they didn't start him. He went in because of injury, and I suspect that Ezra Cleveland, that's the way he's going to get in as well. But yeah, and, and like the I same. don't. Same problem with the offensive line. We don't we don't feel set like like Rano said. It's a musical chairs to begin with, and it feels like it was four years ago. But damn it, it was that way in 2017, and we made an NFC championship. But but the big difference there is Case Keenum was a mobile quarterback, and like Drew said with Russell Wilson, a mobile quarterback can cover a lot of deficiencies of a poor offensive line. Now, and we made the playoffs last year with. Real close to the same line. Well, well, yeah, because you had Cook and Diggs and Thielen. Right. So, I mean, those are three of the best weapons in football. Just and, If the Vikings had a road-grading, pass-blocking offensive line, I mean, we would be... We'd be like the Vikings. To, we'd be number one in NFC, at least. We'd, we'd be, be yeah. the, Ravens the Vikings East, back but, in the 70s. Oh, we'd be well, rolling 60s, right now. And, and, and that's the thing, you know, with the weapons and stuff we've got on offense... If we have enough time to make let the plays develop and everything, this is going to be a dangerous friggin' offense. Is Dakota Dozier the left guard because we have nobody else, or is he the left guard because he's talented? The first, uh, I think probably a. That's not good. That's not a good plan. No. That is not a good plan. Yeah, he he he's the the best of what we have at, the at, best for the time the being, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Where's Brett Jones? He started fourteen Brett games. Brett Jones for the is the backup center. And I'm still sure, pretty sure that somewhere along the line he pissed Zimmer off, and the only thing that we just keep him on the roster just because we need a backup center. He's a guard. He plays guard too. I know he plays He's guard. The, yeah, but if you look at it from Brett Jones' standpoint, the guy's making—I mean, even if it's league minimum, it's what seven hundred fifty thousand to a million bucks a year. And up until one day, I was watching uh, some highlight film from when they were filming training camp. 
And I actually saw some guy walking around with Jones on the back of his jersey. I thought it was like the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot or something. You know, you, you, you hear rumors of, the, of his existence, but you never actually see it. Is, is this a, a simple answer from each of you? Is this offensive line better than the one that walked off that field in Santa Clara against the Niners to end the season last year? I'm going to say it's, it's probably the same. I'm thinking it's the same, but it's yet to be determined. Yeah, that, that is not a good answer. I mean, no, no I, because, because it, well, no, but it's the right answer. And that's what no, it's the right answer. But it just it, it concerns right. It basically, that's what killed us against the Niners is that defense. They got ran over our offensive line. It wasn't at the press conference in February, the end of the year presser when Zimmer said somebody asked him flat out what went wrong this year. And, and he said our offensive line wasn't good enough. Yep. So that should have been every all the eggs in that basket, Rhino. I shouldn't be hearing you say it's the same after hearing no. somebody after hearing the head coach in February say our offensive line wasn't playing well enough. I should not be hearing you say it's the same right now. I should not hear that. No, I but should... but it's but it's the same goddamn thing as we hear every time we lose. Zimmer come out comes out and says we need to play better. He specifically said the offensive line. He called I them out. Did. I know he did. I watched so, that press conference. This team should be better on the offensive line going into this season after he said that. And we drafted Ezra Cleveland in the second round, and he's now sitting as a third string guard. Guard. Are they waiting for 2021? I'm actually glad that, that <clears throat> right the way things are sitting right now that we re signed or got Reef to stick around because, I mean, at least he's a serviceable left tackle. I think so, too. For the season. You know, if he'll we were, if we would have started moving moving people around, yeah, he'll be gone after this year. But he's if we just started, future, but no, we just started moving people around. And, you know, I heard something on the radio the other, or on Monday when they were talking about the fact that Reef might not be gone or might be gone. They said, other than Bradbury, if they had switched it around, you know, put O'Neill to left tackle and either – Oli you know, Udo in the right tackle or, or whatever. Rashad Hill for, at right tackle. Right for for the starting lineup that of the four guys, not counting Bradbury, there would have been four starts among the group at those at the positions and what they were going to be playing. That's Iowa. That's and one of them was Ole Udo play, starting that game against Chicago at the end of last year that didn't make that. You know, yeah, was and that was Ole Udo. If Ole Udo did, and then Rashad Hill was the one that was talked up, um, even though Ole Udo, I, Which, I like the future of Ole Udo. That guy yeah. looks like he's going to be very good. Uh, as Zimmer said, he's just got a few things to clean up. He's got extraordinarily long arms, and he's good at what he does. Now, so the future for the O-line is looking better than 2020, which is a good thing. You know, never, never wrong with looking into the future, making your team better. But I just want to – maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised with the O-line going into the so. couple of weeks. Now, we'll let's look at the schedule. We have the schedule going into 2020 since we're talking about – See, we don't even have to talk about the defense. That's how good Zimmer has. That's no, defense ready to the rock. defense is ready to rock. Now, we right. will hit Ngakwe here in a bit but and how that goes. But let's talk about the de uh, the schedule real quick. We open up against that team from Wisconsin next oh, Sunday, right? The thirteenth opener, huge. Now it's huge. Di disappointing that there will be no fans in the stands. Unfortunately, but Kirk Cousins had made a remark earlier a few weeks ago that 
you know, it's okay playing with nobody there. It'd be like a practice. Hopefully, everything goes well. And we do know from prior experience, Aaron Rodgers has a hard time, harder time you, playing you know what? in U.S. Bank. I want to throw this out there, and I'll let you guys chew on the on the. Well, I know we're going to talk about that team from Wisconsin next week, but this has got to be a game that's weighing on Zimmer's mind. He's, not only he's got to be planning to for it already. Not, yeah. not, not only do we lose to him twice, that second time they came into our house, they embarrassed us. Absolutely. You don't want your right. They came in, they pushed us around, they embarrassed us. That defensive end, I think, had 31 sacks in one game. Like Smith. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't block him. They they did. They not only beat us, they ran over us and laughed at us. So that's got to be in Zimmer's mind thinking, I mean, he's already mad losing to the rival, but one thing losing to him on the road, but they came in here and whipped our ass. So Big Zimmer time. has to be on his mind. He has to remind his team. And I'm glad we're doing it week one. Let's jump right into the bloody fight and get this shit going. Mm-hmm. So I just hope Zimmer's got that gears going, going. Hope he has a little bit more snarl for this one because that, that game bugged the shit out of me, guys. It did. It, it, it felt still like they were laughing at it. So I'll, I'll throw it back to you guys. But I wanted to say that piece. It has to be big in Zimmer's mind. Then, what a great opener, isn't yeah, it? What oh, a great it's, way it's to a open. Oh, absolutely. And then we go off to the Colts, Indianapolis, with Philip Rivers, the ever-aging one, at quarterback. Any ideas I, how that's going to go? I'm... I think Rivers is going to have a, a bit of a one-year resurgence here because this is the first time in forever that he's got an offensive line. And kind of the problem that, you know, plagues us with a quarterback that's not overly mobile and a bad offensive line is what's been hurting Rivers the last couple of years because, I mean, he runs around like he's got cement glued to his feet, you know. But no, if he's got an offensive line and the Colts have weapons, they got a good running back, and they got some receivers. I, I mean, I think Rivers is, is going to have a pretty good year over there. I would agree. And, and, their, and their defense is legit, too. It is very legit. The one thing I'll say is Mike Zimmer has caused Phillip Rivers a lot of anguish. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Did, what did is he, it, seven, seven turnovers last year? And even before that, I remember a couple times. He's come to Minnesota a couple times, mm-hmm. and we've shut him down and picked him mm-hmm. off. And I think we've done really well. I guess Rivers gets... Some teams you have that frustration. I think the Vikings are that for Philip Rivers, but I agree with everything you said, right? I I expect I expect Rivers to have a really really good season because he's got a real team around him now yeah. and a real coach. So. And and you mentioned Zimmer having his number. Flip Bozzi commented on that in uh, some of the the run up shows that Zimmer tends to have a few quarterbacks uh, their number and uh, Russell Wilson. Well, Russell Wilson's. Oh beat yeah, us. look at Russell yeah. Wilson compared comparatively game. versus yeah. Russell Russell versus everybody else versus yeah. us. Yeah. The problem is Zero puts too much effort into Russell Wilson, and they run for two hundred and thirty on us right. every time we play it. Well, and Drew, Drew Brees is another. But yeah, yeah, that's going to be tough road because I, I like Rhino. Indy's going to have a different face on this year, dude. They're going to be good. All right. And they got that kid. They got Jonathan Taylor, the rookie running back from Wisconsin. I think T.Y. Hilton's going to be better. I think everybody's going to be better because of Rivers. But the offensive line is the difference, Rhino said. That's a difference. He's going to have a pretty good year. That's going to be a tough game to win. Then we're back home against the Titans, the Tannehill Titans. Do you think Tannehill's late-blooming performance last year, where he was outstanding, was a fluke? Or do you think he can sustain that? 
and late bloomer like Rich Gannon. You know, Vikings fame. I mean, where it, he was okay when he played for to, us, then went off and got good and won a Super Bowl. It, it's hard to say. I mean, last year, you know, they relied a lot on Travis Henry. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, you know, he just got himself a fat new contract and everything else, but he's another one of those ones that's getting a little longer in the tooth. You know, and we see a lot of running backs, you know, they can be lights out, then get that big contract, and then fall off the after cliff. that, they are they fall off. The, yeah, they, they turn into uh, the husk of David Johnson or Todd Gurley with his arthritic knees or Le'Veon hey, Bell. You know what? God knows what the hell happened with Le'Veon Bell. But Let me throw this out there about the Titans. Mike Vrabel has coached that team for two seasons. Uh-huh. Mike Vrabel has coached in three playoff games in two seasons. Wow. How many has Zimmer coached in in six? Three. Yeah. So. And, my, and look my, at his my, quarterback. My, look at the quarterbacks Vrabel's had. Mariota and Tannehill. And he's made three playoff games. That guy knows oh. how to coach. He's a great head coach. That game could go either way. I, I'm never going to look past Tennessee as long as Vrabel's running the show. Five. Over there. And, and I mean, Vrabel, five, Vrabel hands down. Zimmer has five playoff games in six seasons. And Vrabel has coached two seasons and has been to three. So he's doing – and he hasn't had the spectacular quarterback either. He's had a scrub. So – but I, Vrabel, I, that game could go anywhere, either way. Yeah, Vrabel far and away is the best coach to come out of the Belichick tree. Mm-hmm. You think you think with Tannehill that gives us an edge and being at home? That's a Minnesota, you said, right? Yeah, but, but Tannehill but Minnesota literally lost was the, the number two one quarterback last year. They lost the two backup quarterbacks last year, so you well, can't really right. say Tannehill's weaker. I mean, the Vikings can't seem to beat the backup quarterbacks, and he's the starter. So After that's that, going to be a hell of a foot. Those three games right there. Those are all going to be hell of, game, hell of good games. Yeah, but it doesn't yeah. get any easier. The week after that, we go down to Houston and face Deshaun Watson. But uh, unless uh, Bill O'Brien trades him for a bag of Cheetos and a, and a which could <laughs> half drank Coke by then, which could I think happen. we're gonna, I think we're gonna run the gate on Houston. I think we're gonna blow them out. To be honest with you, okay, we match up well against Houston. And then after that, guess what? Then it's the Sunday night game. Out Bears? In, out in Seattle. We're not going to that. Well, when we go to Seattle, Seattle in primetime for the 43rd year in a row. Right. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, does anybody feel good about winning that game in Seattle? Hey, the, the only, only blessing is <laughs> it may be an empty stadium. Yeah, it, well, it is. Or, well, hold um, it. How does that Washington, stop the run? They've, 217 yards two years ago. 222 yards last year. Why did Zimmer let him run all over him again? Yeah, Why? But it might be quiet. It might not pump up the Seahawks. Well, and that's the thing. They won't have their 12th man yeah. this year. Washington has already said you, you, the state of Washington is not going to let them have fans. So 200 plus, 200 plus. If they get 200 plus, I'm going to kick Zimmer's ass. If you the Seahawks oh. run for 200 plus three for a third year in a row, that's it. Oh, well, and, and something to think about there, those 200-plus, 200-plus, we had Linval Joseph at nose tackle. This year we got Shamar Stephan and Jaleel Johnson. It's obvious how Pete Carroll wants to beat you, and he did it again last year. And Zimmer I, Zimmer had to have known Carroll was going to run use the running game. He had to have known that, dude. I don't, Maybe he just couldn't think. stop And then we're back know. home against the Falcons, and there there's a team that Zimmer seems to have owned since he's been here. Yeah. Yeah, like Teddy ran up a fifty burger on the Falcons, didn't he? Back or in close or something. Yeah, it was it was bad, oh, yeah. and we beat him bad last year too. I don't think we've ever lost to him with Zimmer, have we? 
No, I don't think so. We, we even won. We won a close one on a field goal, I think, in in Atlanta a few years back. But um, out of those five, David, that's the real only one. I, that one and the Houston one, I feel really good about. We could easily be two and three coming out of those five. How do you guys see those five playing well, out? There were six games there, but okay. <laughs> oh, there was. Yeah, you forgot the first one. <laughs> oh, oh, we're winning that game. Okay, so yeah, we're three so and three. I, I who knows. Um, I can I mean, see three and three. I, I can that. see us winning them all. I can see us going five and one. I can see us going three and three. I, honestly, I you know I mean the first half of our season is the hardest part of it. I mean you know I if we those six no, no those six games right now give me a what do you think give me a four and two three and three oh and six I, I mean I think we can I, if we come out of there four and two I think we're we're doing pretty damn good. I would. I would be on the four and two wagon with. I would feel good about it with those six teams. Yeah, because like I said, like I was, I was saying, you know, our, our the first half of our season is the tougher part, so we can come out of that first half, you know, above five hundred, whether it's, you know, six and two, five and three, whatever. I think the second half, you know, looks a little better for us, so, so we, first, we can ha- be able to make a run, you know. A game, the two games after. I mean, we only played one divisional game the first half of the season. That's weird. Or the, uh, well, before I, the bye. We're not at week eight yet. Right. That's only six weeks. Yes, we only play one divisional game. And it's against well, that the, team from the, Wisconsin. The seasons are set up. It's set up this way, though. I think when they did the schedule, this is my opinion anyway, when they did the schedule, they put those non-conference games in. So in case there was a, a delayed COVID start or whatever, they, or delayed start, you could take the non-conference games out and still play your conference and all that other stuff. That that's, that I would vote for. That makes sense. Okay. All right, week seven of the NFL season, we'll still have a show, even though it's going to be the bye week, and we'll have special festivities for that week. Then comes week eight. Dave's going to drink shooters on air. There's your festivities. <laughs> then comes week eight. Hey, woohoo! And uh, <laughs> we still haven't seen Chicago, and we haven't seen Detroit, but in week eight, we go up to Lambeau Field to hopefully put a nail in the coffin that Aaron Rodgers is still washed. Well, uh, and maybe by uh, that honestly, time there may be fans. Yeah, or maybe Jordan Love because yeah. Rodgers Rodgers <laughs> ends up in deep in Gakway the first game and gets and gets taken out by Hunter and 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 meeting him at the court at the center there. Could be could that be. game. That game. Right there, going up to Lambeau adds pressure back to Week One. Uh-huh. If Zimmer shits his pants in that game, there's a huge, that's triple the amount of pressure going to Lambeau because it'll be what zero and four if he loses these two games against the uh, Fleur. Last two, yeah, last five, two. somewhere like that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. and they lost three straight. One, I think. Yeah. Okay. When's the last time we won there? A few years ago. I mean, two years ago. I we, think. we we beat. We tied them up here. Two, there was the tie two years ago. Yeah, there it's it's five six and or, yeah five six and one is his record against. That's yeah. so we have a bye week seven and then we go to uh, Wisconsin. Yep, and then we come home and play the Lions. Stinky ass, stinky ass. Right, and there's another quarterback that Mike Zimmer seems to have defeated. However, the Lions is one of those questionable deals. <coughs> Are they any good? They look decent on paper, but they've got a coach that screws it up, and they always tend to implode. Except for one year, a decade, 
there. Every you know, year, people say the yeah. Lions. This is the year they turn it around, and then by week eight, they're they're two yeah. and six yeah. or whatever. De- Detroit is Detroit until they prove otherwise. Right. There you go. And after we're, Detroit, we're still in the division. We go off to Soldier Field to play oh, the Bears. Wow. Soldier Field has been a nightmare in the last two years. The Bears have been a nightmare the last two years. They have, and there's no reason why the Vikings shouldn't have been able to beat them. Uh, they've had an outstanding defense, and that's caused us problems. I think that's gotten weaker. And then this year, the Bears' issue is who's going to be starting at quarterback because we know they have Mitch Trubisky, but they also have Nick Foles. And supposedly, I think it's Monday, uh, next Monday, you'll see this on Saturday, and hopefully it's the Monday after, I think the Bears coach is going to announce who his starter is. We'll see. They both well, caused so far, those problems, I'm, even though they're I'm both. I'm kind of liking this last three week stretch more than I am the beginning stretch of the season. I kind of like, I mean, Detroit and then going to Soldier Field. I could see us easily rolling those two games after we beat that team from Wisconsin. So, who do we have after that? Well, it's after that we go. Um, we don't go. It's back home against the Dallas Cowboys. Ah, uh, fuck. I think they're. I think they're going to be fine. We beat them last year in Dallas. This year they're coming up. Uh, Dallas is going to be good. Dallas will be one of the competitors. Yeah, I, 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 th- in the I NFC. think McCar- McCarthy going in there is going to make a big difference after Captain Clap when he when he left. Right, so. and that'll be the return of Everson Griffin <laughs> back to the stadium. So uh, right. we're going to miss Captain Clap, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a that that was a close. I mean, one. we could beat him, but that could easily that could easily go I mean, way. Which, yeah, that's a mistake game. Whoever fumbles more is gonna lose that game. You probably nailed yeah. it. After that, it's uh, the Teddy game. Teddy comes up to Minnesota. We play the Panthers. We're gonna fucking clean their house, dude. We're gonna kick. <laughs> we their should. Ass. The Jaguars yeah. have the- issues, or the Panthers. The only the only Art, thing they have you. basically is Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're still they're still rebuilding, but you know what? This is a, that's a, a exact type of scenario right there. The Vikings lose those games. Right. They yep. lose. Now speaking, they'll come of- up. They'll, they'll beat Dallas. They'll all be high, having parties on the love boat. Carolina comes in and beats you by twenty, like the Bills did in Week Two a few years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, Vikings. You know, I mean, that could be a trap game, and oh, and you know Teddy. Everybody, half the fan base is going to be rooting for him anyway. Well, he's yeah. going to get a great reception when he comes in. You know that. If we have fans. Yeah, Maybe if we have fans. you and his mom, but not from me. Um, and then I was looking ahead. Then comes the most dysfunctional team next to the Bears. Or the Browns, pardon me, not the Bears. The Browns. The Jaguars. When do we get to play Rutgers? Fuck, dude. This is- we basically <laughs> are in Jack- with, with Jacksonville. And Jacksonville... Thank you very much for giving us in trade uh, Unique and Gakwe. They got they got to win that game. A pass. They got Gakwe got to win that game. I, pass rushing. I, I, specials. Think, I think in, in, in is going to have a big game in that one because he's going to be a little extra motivated to go out and kick some ass. Oh, you know he will be. And to me, Is that game at home or in Jacksonville? No, it's here. it's at U.S. Bank. I think we should try to try to outdo our fifty to ten performance with Dwayne Rudd that year we played him on Sunday Night Football. I'm all for that. And we can yep. do that. Now I like that. We can win those games. Let's I'm talk about you because of this game. Unique Ngakwe. I think I got yeah, that's right. Ngakwe. Um, 
It's going to take a while to get this word that name. Yannick. Right. Yannick. Yannick's um, the easy part. Um, traded here to the Vikings for a second round pick and a conditional fifth. The fifth can go up as high as a third and by all means, let it go to a third. Uh, the, because that means we won the Super Bowl. Because we won the Super Bowl. The conditions are it's a fifth next year. If he becomes a Pro Bowl player this season, it becomes a, a fourth-round pick. If we win the Super Bowl, it's a third-round pick. Hopefully, it's a third-round pick that we have to give up in 2021 for him. That guy that, that guy is a first-round talent. I'm really but, shocked we didn't have to trade a first-round pick. Oh, and, and, I mean, you, yeah. I mean, look, we gave up more to get Jared Allen from Kansas City than we did to get Ngakwe from Jacksonville. All right. I mean, we get, we get that pass rush specialist, great player, and we get to keep our first-round pick next year. Yes. I like – I think that's a win in itself right now. Now, mm-hmm. you talk about Jared Allen. That's who he reminds me of. He's, he's a pass rush specialist. His run – Defensive run grades, he, yeah, are, he, he's, not, great. he's not the best run, run defender, to, yeah. But he's a disruptor, and he is a pass rush specialist. Now, listen to some numbers. There's only I think one or two defenders that beat this these numbers in four years. He's been in the league four years. He's 25 years old. He's like a month, month and a half younger than Daniil Hunter. Four years, 244 pressures. On a quarterback. 67 tackles for a loss. He's had 40 sacks. He averages double digits. He's had three of the years, it was eight sacks each, and one year it was, uh, I think it was 12. But 40 sacks total. So he's averaging double digit sacks. Uh, like I said, 67 tackles for loss and 14 forced fumbles. What he is known for is the strip wow. sack. He, That's impressive. In four 14? years, he is ranked, I think, third or fourth in the league in generating turnovers. Well, was it two years ago he had seven of them, didn't he? Yeah. And it's just, he's humble. And he had like three or four in one game. It's just, so, he gets so hot and he knows what he's doing. He usually lines up in a wide nine. Uh, Everson did that quite a bit too, where you're further out from the tackle. And, uh, and he's a speed and a disruptor guy. Where his weaknesses against the run, well, now he's made it up with the Till. best defensive line coach in the business. Bill Zimmer puts him on the inside and ruins everything. Well, let's talk about that real quick before we go on to the next game. He's a defensive end. If he moves him in there, he's a fool. Well, you got to remember, during the Saints game, we moved Everson and Daniil into the inside. They called that the NASCAR package, Right. Especially on rushing, on uh, passing downs. Well, now since we have Unique, Afadi Adenabo, who was assumed to be the starter, is now going to be moved into the three technique. That's fine. Which That's is fine fine. because he got a good chunk of his sacks last year at from that position. He's used right. to playing on there. So we're going to have three proven pass rushers on that defensive line on passing downs. So, from last year, we're either, either equal or better than we were last year. And I, I, think it'll, I think it'll be better. And that's all. Thank you to the Jaguars. Thank you very much. You'll come into town, and uh, it hopefully will be a 50 to whatever. We'll, we'll uh, sack that mustache right off of uh, Gardner. <laughs> 
that you know you gotta you gotta uh gotta give a little shout out to rick on that one for pulling the trigger on that i think the vikings i think the vikings talked about it and were quick to make a decision on it because i think they're really worried about the defensive end spot and they know in zimmer's you know, ever since he got here, he likes that pressure. He likes and the pressure, he, and that pressure. I think he thought, you know, Hunter's fine, but we're not getting the pressure. We need pressure from both sides. Yeah. I think, I think Zimmer brought it up, and I think he pushed the card on that for Rick to make that happen. And the fact that we didn't have to give up a first-round pick, I think it's a good move all the way around. It gives us two, to, you know, on paper, two of the best defensive ends in football which can only i mean it can only help the secondary with those yeah, young corners we, and i was about to say you got that right i've watched i've watched everson griffin and hunter run that zimmer pressure scheme on the outside not only rushing the quarterback running down those screen passes mm-hmm. i mean those guys i think zimmer said we, we were in i think zimmer probably said we're in a world of shit unless we get somebody and instead of just getting somebody like they normally do some you know middle of the road guy Zettel. they went out and got super talented guys so right uh credit to, to rick on that for showing that 2020 still matters and it was a great move and i'm looking forward to watching that guy off the edge and i think he's going to be a big difference maker and he's going to fit right in as well as, i think that you know what i was really worried about the defense guys back a little bit after the draft maybe may it was really i thought it was going to be a step back and now I'm saying it's either going to be the same or a step forward. I have a completely different outlook on that defense. I like what Dantzler's doing this last uh, getting Ngagwe and uh, Troy Dye. I think he's going to fit in over there. I think that we got two of the best safeties in football working side by side. I'm ha- I'm excited about the defense a lot more. I've done a done a full 360 from about, about three months ago on the defense. I feel good about it. I do. I feel really good about it. Okay. And let's finish this up. we got four games to go. Our next one, we hit the road, and we go down to Tampa Bay to play Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Could go either way. All these games could go either way. Hey, I mean, a lot of it, you know, depends. Is this the year that Brady falls off the cliff? Falls off the cliff. I mean, you know. Is Brady going to go down there and be 09 Brett Favre, or is he going to be 2010 Brett Favre, kind of a thing, you know? Yeah, and we don't. It could go. It it could go either way. And he's got I mean, he's got the offensive weapons he's got down there. I mean, you know, the Mike Evans and uh, I forget what the other guy, what their other wide receiver is. And they got Gronk back. Um, Gronk back. Yeah, no, Godwin. it's it's a Chris Godwin. Godwin. Yeah, got Chris Godwin. Yeah, that's one. It's a super so talented team. Absolutely, and. Arians knows how to run an offense. Okay, we could easily end up on the shit end of that one. Now, um, yeah, that's a, that that game worries me a little bit. Now we me too. We come back home and it's versus the Bears in our stadium on December twentieth, and then we have the Christmas afternoon game. Is that on Christmas? On Christmas, December twenty fifth. Oh, decent afternoon game. The whole nation will be watching. Who's that against? New Orleans. In New Orleans. Fuck. They're gonna be mad. <laughs> but we have we have we have kicked their ass the last few times we I think I think, I think they won once. Yeah, I think it's we have won once, their but hopes. we beat them like five times. Yeah. That fan base has to hate us after the miracle and then last year they have to hate us. And that's I was having a discussion with somebody the other day and they you know, they said for as bad as Vikings fans still hate New Orleans for oh nine it said New Orleans fans hate us worse for, <laughs> for knocking them out of the playoffs the last two years. Yeah. 
So. I'm not feeling good about that game. It's in going down to New Orleans on Christmas. And then we do our last game on the road in Detroit. And that's your will, that, will that be will we have the division wrapped up by then or are we gonna be fighting? I hope so. I hope we have the division wrapped up. Wow, that's a that's uh I don't know, nine and seven schedule right now, ten and six, I don't know. That that's conservative. When the when the schedule first came out, I, I mean, I I said ten and six. So I mean, it it could be eleven and five. It could be eight and eight. I mean, it all depends. You know, we all know how this stuff works. There's there's inevitably a game during the season where we're going to shit the bed that we should have. You know, right. we should roll somebody and they come in and kick it's our the ass. NFL, dude. Anybody can beat anybody. Yep. Right. And being the COVID year, it's going to be even more. Unpredictable. They can't. They can't keep losing division to games to the to these guys though. They can't. The no. Vikings have got to turn. Oh, and four. I mean, they got to turn that, that around. That that's. I mean, we have to at the very least go five hundred against both the team from Wisconsin and the Bears this year. Well, what Dave did Stephon I call? Called for the sweep. I know you. You've been calling for the sweep, Dave. For yeah. I know that, but I, I'm just saying. I'll take yeah. the sweep any day of the week, but I mean, we have to at least go 500 against those. He might have had a blood alcohol counter 2.0 too when he called that. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, no, I still believe it. <laughs> We're going to sweep. Six and zero. Oh, so six and zero oh in the division. I'll take that any I'll day. Take that any if day. If we're six and zero oh in the division, we're, we're winning the division. We're winning. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, we are. And we're winning at least ten games at that point. Yep. So, with that, let's wrap this show up. Everybody, thank you for joining. Good morning, Gallahorn. Meeting Rhino, if you haven't already. Of course, Drew Bunting. He's Rhino, bring, Rhino brings is the professional on this show now. <laughs> I just follow his lead. No, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. He's, so. <laughs> he is. He's good. He's good. Both of you guys are good. You, you shower him with knowledge. You give me a lot to think about. So that's good. Thank you. Any last words, Rhino? We're almost, here. Football is almost here. I know a lot of people are saying that they're not as excited for this. Ah, they're liars. Liars. Screw that. It's football. We're going to be playing in a week against that damn team from Wisconsin. We're going to take Aaron Rodgers. We're going to bust him in half, and we're going to go on. We're going to win the, win the division. Super Bowl 2020, homeboy. There we go. Ted, did you hear that? A little <laughs> shout-out to Smitty. Smitty, what do you think about that? Or or we hurt Rodgers, and that love guy comes in and throws six TDs. Oh, Yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's also possible. That's the Vikings' luck right there. No. Anybody who says they're not, oh, I'm not fired up for the season. You know what? Let them say that. But the, the, you know, we're all football fans. We wait for this day. COVID, no fans, whatever. We're ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready to watch some football. All right. With that, we want to say goodbye. You have a good, safe week. Enjoy and skull, everybody. Meow, meow, Viking cow. You guys. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.